Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <gasps> Someone's at our front door. Oh, were they? Yeah. How, I'm, I'm imagining that on a podcast. Someone's <laughs> ringing our front door. We've got that ring thing. That's, we're the most millennial couple of all time. We're doing a podcast together and we've got our camera on our front door. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the podcast Castaway, a podcast about podcasts, a cross between a goggle box and desert island discs of podcasts. I'm Laura Whitmore, broadcaster, performer, chancer and podcast lover. I've been on a mission to get my next fix of podcast recommendations. Every week I'll be talking about all things podcasts with people who love podcasts, many of whom have podcasts themselves. Many times can I say podcast in one sentence? reckon a few more. So whether you're looking for podcasts about mental health or comedy, love, crime, or your next fictional series to binge listen to, my guests have got you covered. You may also be surprised by what some folk are listening to, and from that, a springboard into some really interesting discussions. Welcome to Castaway. So for my first episode of Castaway, there was only really one person I could ask to come on. And that is the person in my life who talks about podcasts and listens to podcasts the most. He even dreams about it because he falls asleep listening to them. I should know because we sleep in the same bed. And that is Mr. Ian Sterling. Now, most people know Ian by his voice, so it works out very well having him on this podcast because it's a very iconic voice. The Guardian Culture once wrote about Ian. Love Island is really funny, thanks in no small part, to Scottish comedian Ian Sterling's voiceover. I really enjoyed doing this because we've never really sat down in such a formal setting and had a chat. We don't normally do a lot of things together. It was funny, but it was also a little bit emotional at times because just hearing the reason why Ian listens to things and, I don't know, this was a really special moment. Um, I was a little bit apprehensive beforehand doing it and afterwards we both came away very glad that we did. So today, on my first episode of Castaway, it's Ian Sterling. When it comes to podcasts, the person I know who loves them more than anyone else I know is Mr. Ian Sterling. Because sometimes when I'm talking to you yeah. and you don't respond to me, I realise you've got little air pods. I've got air pods and I wear one in bed sometimes and hope you don't notice. <laughs> oh, I notice. You always notice. And then sometimes you try to like, uh, like in a loving way, caress my face <laughs> and you hit my air pod and I've been, I've been found out. You are obsessed with podcasts. Yeah, I am, yeah. When people quote things that have happened in their life or they quote, oh, this is a really good book I read, you always quote a podcast. Yeah, I don't have like song lyrics or... I do song lyrics a bit. You do song lyrics, I do. Oh, that reminds me of a thing that... I heard once in a podcast. That was on American Life. Joe Rogan said that, etc, etc. Talking about podcasts, the the term podcast kind of came into play. 2004? When did you first kind of get into podcasts? Pretty early doors. 
Really? Like around What was the first, like, like who, who were you listening to? Like uh, Bill Burr. Yeah. S- started pretty early. Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. really early. Mark Marin, who's probably like the godfather of... The podfather? The podfather. I think that might be what he's referred to as... I like that, actually. I might have that. You can have that. Yeah, but Mark Marin, Amer- basically straight white American alphas. Because I think... It was that, that broaden thing. your perspective? Well, I think what it was is podcast was maybe seen as this sort of like uh, highfalutin, nothing, waste of time, you know, just someone recording their own voice. Why are you, do- why are you doing it? And it was when these sort of... Older guys that maybe would distrust technology and stuff started to do it, especially in America, because I think that's where it was sort of born out of. It started to get this sort of, for me anyway, this sort of validity to it. Mm-hmm. I remember um, actually being asked to go on a podcast years ago, and uh, it was Irishman Abroad. Yes, um, Jolliff Reagan. And uh... <sighs> that's what his voice <laughs> reminds me of. If you've never listened to the Irishman Abroad, Jolliff Reagan is probably the most listenable man in the world. I He's think. He's a very soothing voice, and. I mean, I think he's a great interviewer. Uh, I, when I first heard about podcasts, I thought that is for somebody who loves the sound of their own voice. Mm. And a regular show doesn't give them enough airtime, so they're just going to make their own. Yeah, you want to record yourself and then play it back forever. <laughs> and there's no like schedule. You just listen to it whenever you want. Uh, the thing I remember most distinctively, so it must have been about 2007, 2008, there was a podcast, uh, Chris and Carl, Chris mm-hmm. Martin, the comedian, not the lead singer of Coldplay, and Carl Don had a podcast, and they done it with Rob Beckett, who's a friend of mine. And mine. And yours, of course. You worked together on a television programme, I Correct. Believe. And um, all I remember was they'd interviewed Rob, and I was really interested to listen to it, and I was in my flat, and I sat on my bed, and I opened the laptop and played it, and it was like 98 minutes. And I remember thinking, who's got the time to sit and listen to this because I hadn't even in the early days of podcasts it hadn't even dawned on me that like oh you can just get on with your day or you can go to bed next to your girlfriend yeah. or whatever Do whatever. you can multitask <laughs> you can I just honestly I sat on the end of the bed for about 40 minutes doing nothing because I thought it was like a TV show I was like this is I was really enjoying it but I couldn't get anything else done and then I realised, oh, this is like background music. Then you realised multitasking is it's a like, thing. Yeah, it's and like... Ian inf- Sterling can also do it. I can. It's like informative music. <laughs> uh, looking back, you know when we go through the archives and you you kind of look back at and history and you, you have to dig for information. You, you kind of said this before to me, where you have to... In the past, we've, we've had to dig for information. There's so much stuff out there mm-hmm. now. Even for this podcast, I remember when when different people would say, I like this podcast, trying to find which one shall I talk about, what yeah. part of that particular one, because there are 90 minutes, some people's are four hours. Joe Rogan does it for like four or five hours. You you said this, this is this is your phrase, we now have to like sift through it. Yeah, we used to dig for information, we now sift through information. It's true though, there's, there's so, so much, much out there. There think is. about it in 50 years' time. Every single person will probably have a podcast. I think it's true. And I think it'll be really interesting, like, think how obsessed we are at the minute like with our ancestry and stuff and where we came from. But I quite like... I, I did that recently. You didn't like when we did that, but... I, no, no, I don't trust it. I immediately regretted. We someone has sent, your saliva. We sent our DNA samples and, all our, inf- and our bank information <laughs> and our full names and addresses to someone we've never met before. And it wasn't until I put it in the post box I realised how what a terrible decision that was. There's going to be a little mini use being grown somewhere. I think they're going to rub it on like a crime scene or something and I'm going to end up going down, doing hard time. I'll be with you. They've got my saliva too. We yeah, can do but it together. I, but you, you know for a fact, you're one of those people, you leave your wallet somewhere 
and you get your wallet back. I leave my wallet somewhere and I get all my identity stolen. I would disagree with you, but I actually did leave my wallet in Derry and I just got it back. Got it back today, actually. You left it in an airport in another country and got it back within 24 hours. Speaking of podcasts, you have a podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that came out last year, not yeah. ready to adult yet. Yeah. Has a very lovely jingle to it as well. It's very catchy. Harry and Chris are another lovely two comedians and they've done the jingle for me. And they, another amazing thing about podcasts, I asked them to do it. They sort of had Edinburgh Fringe coming up, so I promoted their show at the end of my podcast. They'd done this jingle. They wrote, they sent me like a rough copy they'd recorded on a train platform. And I was like, I love this. And I just love the immediate... I asked the guy, four days later, I had a jingle for my podcast. I'm really proud of it. Through the magic of podcasting. Shall we listen to it? Let's have a listen now. Five years old. Not a lot of pressure on I can barely tie my own shoes. Ten years old. Favorite chocolate bar is about all I'm expected to choose. Eighteen years old. Alarm bells ringing, but I'ma just set them to snooze. Twenty something. Which I mean thirty. How did this happen? What do I do? My job is a mess. My boss is a stress. No overdraft left. I don't know what is best. Got me waking in a cold sweat. Not ready to adult yet. It's very nice. It's very catchy. Not ready to adult yet. Yeah. Um, So you've got a podcast, Mm -hmm. but a kind of, you were kind of promoting your book. It was a mini series of interviews with people about adulthood for my book that I wrote of the same title. Because you're probably not going to talk about one of your podcasts as one of your favourite ones, unless you're Well, we talked about how we talked about how egotistical the whole notion of doing a podcast is. You can't get more egotistical than, than your selecting own. your own podcast while you're speaking on a podcast <laughs> about the world's greatest podcasts. Should we say the word podcast again? Podcast. I really like your podcast with Alison Sterling, who is mm-hmm. your mammy. My mother. Let's have a quick listen to this particular episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm 30 years old and still wouldn't know how to use a dishwasher. Well, that's probably... What is it you said to me when I said, put that in the washing machine, and you said, is that the one with the round door or the one with the square door? (laughs) When was that? That was, oh, God. I was was easily in my my teens. Teens, oh, my God. And in fact, do you not remember at school... uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, and I said... uh, (laughs) Don't agree. Do you know, I remember at school, they said, we're going, I can't, was it home economics or something? They said to bring a, you were to wash a jumper yourself. And you said, I'll just put it in the washing machine. I said, I don't really think that's what the teacher meant. I think she meant physically wash this jumper so that you would have some idea of what people have to do. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I just put it in yeah. the wash bag. Well, I wash my jumper and I put it in the wash bag. And you don't even it. put it in the wash bag. You would lie at the side of your bedroom and I would come and clear it up. I mean, I've done that this morning. Yeah, probably. What was it like, first of all, actually interviewing your mum? It was sort of all right at the beginning. <laughs> but you're probably used to interviewing people who are used to the industry, are I used to interviews. I don't really interview many people because back in the, when I'd done kids TV, the more presentary stuff. You chatted to kids a lot. Yeah, we talked. We didn't even really talk to children. It was just me and we a talk pu- to a puppet. We just talked to a puppet. I'm really bad at eye contact. You know this because I've, I've spent four years just looking at a puppet. I just realised you normally look at me when I talk to you, but you haven't really. No, I hate at it. when much. I'm bro- when I'm broadcasting. I refuse to look anyone in the eye. Um, but uh, I can't remember. What, I'm talking what about your mum. Yeah, the so I've never really interviewed anyone, but we done it in my mum. We done it in my mum and dad's bedroom, and we just sat on the edge of the bed and put a few pillows down and set it up. My mum's quite distrustful of technology, so it was more... Even though she knew what the microphones were there for, mm-hmm. there's still that instinct in your body that, like, I'm being recorded, why am I being recorded? If it's not, you know what I mean, if it's not you, natural to you. We uh, Remember we talked about when my mum was on Radio 1? She didn't say anything. <laughs> she didn't she say nodded. <laughs> she nodded as Matt Edmondson was asking her a question. She well, just no nodded. no use to anyone. 
If you listen to if you listen to that Radio One show, you can just hear a sort of like little waft every time <laughs> every time Laura's mum agreed with something. But yeah. oh, are you having a nice time, Carmel? And you see her. In fact, it was it. What did he call her? He said her name wrong as well. Carmel. Carmel. You didn't want to correct. So, it was so just... she got called the wrong name and said nothing. <laughs> I want to go back to Alison and. Mm. But no, it was really interesting because I think you called the, a chapter in your book, is it Molly Coddling? Yeah. And we are the generation of snowflakes, Molly Coddles. Mm-hmm. While, arguably. Arguably. While our, um, I know if my mom was the youngest of 13 children and yeah. everyone looked after themselves and they cooked their own dinner and they did everything. And in the interview with your mom, you talk about how in your head, and I can testify to this, you always think no matter what happens, it'll be fine. Someone else will sort it out. Because in your head you think, mummy and daddy will sort it out. Yeah. Um, and that is, you talk about this with your mum, and she feels maybe she mollycoddled you too much. Yeah, I feel like maybe, I I always worry that I maybe put words, thoughts in my mum's my mom's own head there, because I'm quite good at arguing, so I do worry that... Not as good as me. No, near as good as you. So I do worry that she maybe felt pressure to agree with me on that point and in fact she was un- she broke. does do a lot for you like she does do a so lot. does my mother and i was left to my own devices i'm sh- there's definitely elements of my life that they will just do for me and then they have also have an incredible distrust of anything that i try and do for them they don't really want me to do it they think it'll go wrong in some way is there anything besides well fearing that you put words in your mom's mouth but from doing that podcast with her is there anything that you learned like loads of stuff, like about stuff I never asked my parents, and like I don't know if many. Maybe it's unique to me, but like her background, her childhood, growing up. You never asked her about that. Never really got. We never really talked about it. I mean, we didn't really talk about mine either because she was present for a vast majority <laughs> of it. But we're just not a thing we talk about as a family. So like that's a thing about podcasts. Like for some reason, as a stand-up comedian, I'm much better at opening up. In this sort of medium, when there's micro, you're the opposite of Carmel Whitmore. Yeah, I'm at the opposite of Carmel Whitmore. I just, I actually just nod in agreement when me and you're at parties <laughs> and I'm around people in real life. Like I've been quite excited about doing this with you, but I wouldn't say that to you unless we were in this room now. Really? Yeah, because I feel like as a comedian, I feel an innate need inside me, a desire to the best thing you can do as a, a performer or an artist or anything is truth like truth mm-hmm. is the, that is the funniest thing that can happen to you is truth that is obviously the thing that re- resonates with people so you have this horrible obligation on you to be incredibly truthful which then leads you down the road like with my podcast with my mum we discuss stuff that we had never discussed up to that point and we still discuss that stuff a little bit now mm-hmm. but we do it so much more if there was cameras and financial uh, recompense so uh, another comedian, um, Adam Buxton, he's cultivated mm-hmm. a cult following with his rambling conversations, which is what we're doing now at the moment, mm-hmm. um, that are sometimes funny, sometimes serious, yeah. with funny bits thrown in. Um, if you've never heard it, Adam Buxton is just, uh, he's just the ultimate podcaster for me. Every element of his podcast just like oozes passion. He's opening jingles, really brilliant and like funny and he's obviously spent lots of time on it then the preamble before he gets into his rambly chat he's walking his dog and he obviously lo- loves his dog very dearly and that thing we're talking about has this lovely it's got this like lovely ASMR quality to it because he's outside and if it's in the winter time you can hear his feet crunching on the snow and in the summer you can hear like the wind going mm-hmm. through like the, the leaves where he's in the because he lives in, 
on the outskirts and he loves his dog and he gives his dog a funny little voice and it's just there's not an element of that podcast that he hasn't clearly fought in great detail and I really love that it was started in 2015 mm-hmm. but I feel it it's always actually a few people we've talked to have mentioned him it's up there I think it's one of, in Brit, British terms, mm-hmm. he's probably one of the big guns. It's one of those things, well, I really love Adam Buxton, so I'm glad I mentioned it. But there was also this sort of like podcast hipster in me that was like, I don't want to mention something that's as popular as he is, because it'll make me look like a... But also, You're I, jumping on the bandwagon. But also, you have told everyone that I started listening to podcasts in 2005, so I'm pretty, I think I've ticked the hipster You're box. basically like my father and the mobile phone. My dad was the only person in the 80s with a mobile phone, and it was like the size of his head. That's what I mean, like, in, in Ireland as well, so people like came round people yeah. came round oh yeah to use the phone he's the only person look, I know let's go look at the man with the mobile phone still to this day the only mobile number I know of I don't even know yours it was only three so <laughs> yeah. early such an early adopter three it was digits. three his number was three I want to talk about one specific uh, podcast from Adam and it's because Adam actually went to school with uh, Louis Theroux and yeah. Joe Cornish what? Yeah. who's the director of Hot Fuzz and Attack the Block um, so they've known each other since they were about 12 Yeah, and Louis Theroux episode he's been on it more than once though a few times yeah. now um, they've been on it a few times because they're like really good friends so and I, th- I feel I feel like Adam's Sort of like me in terms of like, I feel like he might be the, the least socially capable of his group of friends. And I hope if Adam ever listens to this or he gets back to him, I mean that as a, as a general, I respect you. I'm, I'm the exact same. So he just whips out microphone. And when you listen to someone podcasting, because it's so intimate and they're in your ears, you feel like they're your friend. Mm-hmm. So when Adam's talking to someone that's also clearly his friend, and when that friend is Louis Farouk, who's one of the best people of all time, it's just funny, and they're really. I think because of the telly that Louis Threw does, people don't realize how like funny he is, and like kooky and odd and like fascinating. And it's like they just do some stupid teenage boy stuff, and I love that. Let's have a little listen. And Oprah, especially, she seems more diversified. As in, she's got a net, TV network, a yeah. magazine. She's in movies. She may be president. She she's running for president. Whereas, no disrespect to Mark Wahlberg, but he's an actor, right? I know what She's you mean, got yeah. an empire to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't bet- spend three hours in a cryo chamber when there's no. business to be sorted out. She very much wants to communicate that she is getting a great deal out of her life and she very much appreciates where she's got to. She wakes up at 7.10... She's, the other thing I'm going to quickly say is yeah. Mark Wahlberg is almost exactly my age, I believe, which uh-huh. is another reason why I'm interested in his routine. I love actually something that, just to carry on from that, that Adam says is uh, about Louis. He says it to Louis and only someone that you're mates with you can say. Um, he said people were thrilled to see you being less callous and robotic than you normally would be. <laughs> um, because he even says, he says, because Louis has like a... Um, a bit of a, a quality of aloofness or detachment sometimes. Yeah, and he's quite tall and tall people just seem more aloof. Like, it's just... You're tall, you do not seem aloof. I'm pretty aloof. Are you? No. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about this because... Yes. I'm going to go back to... Was it January before last? We were in Iceland on holidays with your parents for your birthday. Yes. And I got really... I was really sick. Yes, and I couldn't. I just was as in bed. Was feeling really bad. The song was the song was playing. Uh, you were telling me that I couldn't sing, 
And I said, actually... I didn't say that you couldn't sing. Well, no, that I, no I've not got a range. And I was I saying, actually, said I've got a high range. singing in tune was an issue. Yeah, but that was it. You said I couldn't sing in tune. And I said, actually, when I go up high, I've got quite good control. And you were singing along to a song that was on the radio. I can't even remember the name of it. The song? But do you remember, it goes like this. It goes... Oh, yes, sir. I can boogie. Cause I need that song. You still haven't learned the words. No, I can't remember it. But then the mad thing about that was... You didn't was, even hit the high note bit. Oh, boogie, boogie, woogie, all night long. Okay. So this happened and I yeah. was really sick. But I remember just like pissing myself laughing. Yeah. It made me laugh. And I didn't have really good bladder control at the moment. So that's why I pissed myself. Yeah. But um, In my, On my mum and dad's <laughs> holiday. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so this happened. This was kind of, anytime I feel sad, you sing that song to me. Yeah, I sing it to you sometimes when you're sad. I remember about a month later, I literally ran home screaming to you that, um, so then Louis Farouk literally said to Adam Buxton, oh, I'm quite good in a high-pitched range. And I thought, oh, I just said that to Laura like a month ago. And then he started singing that song and I genuinely, I lost it. I genuinely lost it. So as well as singing and realising that you and Louis Threw are very similar as people, yeah. you're both tall. We're both so tall. You're both so tall mm. and you both come across as aloof. And we both made weird sketches with our friends when we were like teenagers. Yeah. And you can sing on a high range. Yeah. What else did you like about this particular... And also how, how Adam interviews his guests. Adam's really great at interviewing people. Like I think he, um, he's got just a really disarming presence. So, like, he's interviewed people that he's never met before and he's interviewed people that are, like, his best mates and he sort of approaches it all with the same way. And I think he also sometimes, because he's so charming and disarming, he can maybe ask a question in a very Louis through way, I guess, that is would push buttons and maybe that person doesn't want to answer, but he can come across like a sort of, this, like, sort of embarrassing dad bumbling character. And, oh, I didn't realise that that was a massive issue that I've clearly researched and know. So I just like it. And it's just, do you know what? Loads of Adam Buxton's podcasts are really interesting topics, but that is just two people having a laugh. They just drink a dodgy energy drink and then have fun. And that's sometimes what you need in this current climate. What we're going to do is maybe play you singing and then Louis Theroux singing and then match them and see. Maybe Uh, we could do a vote who sang it best. Imagine this, right? Imagine if Louis Theroux is listening to this. Of course he is. And imagine if we like perfectly harmonise and then he asked me to be in a band. That would be the ultimate dream. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. In the world of podcast. Uh, I don't really, you know, I don't have a strong voice, but I've got this weird thing where I'm quite comfortable in the falsetto uh, range. Oh, really? So that I can... um, Yeah, I like a bit of falsetto. I'm much more comfortable and I feel that my voice, I'm totally in command of my instrument. (laughs) How high do you go? Uh, Not as high as I used to, but... I'd rather have an actual song. Um, well, what's your? Do you do falsetto when you do karaoke? Well, I do. Yes, what's, I do. Um, what's your go-to karaoke? It's Baccarat. Um, um, yes. yes, sir. I can boogie. Uh-huh. Do you know it? Sure. Have a go. Oh yes, sir. I can boogie. Yeah. But I need a certain song. I can boogie. Boogie woogie all night long. Oh, yes, sir. I can boogie, but I need a certain song. 
if anyone is still listening, um, that, that was, was Ian Sterling. There's something about singing in that high pitch. You did, <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> that's good. Once was enough. Um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I want to talk about another very popular podcast. Mm-hmm. And I because when I asked you about this, mm-hmm. you really thought about it because I remember you were like you were really torn about which ones would make the list. It's like picking your top five people you can sleep with. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bothered about that. Just sleeping with people list. I'm, I'd rather have ten. That's great. My list is massive. Oh yeah, that's not ideal, is it? <laughs> oh, three of them aren't even famous. Just people we know. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a choice of. Um, five podcasts and five people I could sleep with, I would choose ten podcasts and listen to them. But you do you. sleep with your podcasts. I do sleep with my every podcasts. Night. I want to talk about Scroobius Pip distraction pieces. Um, I remember interviewing Scroobius years ago when he with Dan Lasak versus yes. Scroobius Pip. It must be about ten years ago. I think They're it was so a wireless cool, festival. Aren't they? Like it's ridiculous how cool. Just it is. The, I just remember the name first of all. I'm like with names like that. Mm. I mean, rather than his actual name, but Scroobius Pip sounds a little bit cooler. Would you think about changing your name, giving yourself a alter ego? Yeah, I've got one. What is it? Sterlangalang. Ian Sterlangalang. I tried to make it catch on at university and people gave up after a couple of weeks. Sterlangalang. Do you think that's quite cool? No, it's just giving me a weird visual. Of what? Like Sterlangalang. <laughs> what, st- what, what is the visual? Just not a good one. Me no. and hot pants. You and, hot, you and gold hot pants with Sir Lang and Lang popping out. Mr. Lang and Lang hanging out. <laughs> Before we talk about the specific episode you want to talk about, uh, Scroobius, I mean, he had his own radio show, hugely successful yeah. on XFM, went on to win two Sony Awards, and he went on Joe Rogan's podcast back yep. in 2013. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Joe that said to him that, why Why are you working for XFM? Why don't you just do this yourself? You've got the pull. Yeah. And he's like, well, I want to be on FM because obviously that's bigger. And he went, well, actually, most people listen to my show online. Yeah. And that was the kind of moment of epiphany where yeah. he thought, hold on, why, why am I working for someone else when I can mm-hmm. do it myself? And that's when Distraction Pieces was born. He always gets cool people on. And if people haven't, uh, people are like, there's people I know, they're always really cool. And if people I haven't heard of, I always think, oh, I mustn't have been, I mustn't be cool enough to know who they are. And he's just brilliant. And he also, he has a stutter and I have like had speech and stuff in the past. So that's nice to see. Like, it's mad to see. I just mad a guy, a guy who struggled growing up speaking does that for a living is really impressive and cool as well. 
And also, very quickly, he asked me to write an article of his top five podcasts recently. And I, this is, you'll know this. This is after so, I asked you. Yeah, the, you had the idea first, but you'll know how me this is. I obviously didn't put his podcast on it because I thought he'd think I'm weird. But you put his podcast on this. I put his podcast on this, but I wouldn't tell him to his face that I like his podcast. And if this podcast had come out by then, you obviously would have put my podcast on your list. Yours isn't out in time, I'm afraid. Oh, you can't put future podcasts. Well, Scrooby's Pip, uh, real name David Meads, just doesn't have the same ring to it. He is a spoken word poet um, and has his own record label. Uh, I want to talk about one particular episode. It's hard to pinpoint just one, but the Kathy Burke one, who, yeah. who is a legend in herself. You know, you get invited to all these things and... I just never, I was so strange. Like, even the recordings, like recording Harry Enfield and recording Gimme Gimme, you know, I wouldn't have any mates there. Yeah. I didn't invite people. You're at work, aren't you? Yeah, You're exactly. Work. Work. It, was, it was work, you yeah. know. And um, it was just so odd looking back because I, I wouldn't hang around for drinks afterwards yeah. or, you know, and I remember sort of getting the, you know, the car back and going over the west way and sort of looking out the window. I remember thinking, what am I doing? I'm going home. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so strange. Because it's such a weird balance because I think in, in many ways that's key f- or that that will have been a key influence in keeping you very grounded in it all because you're not getting caught up in all that afterwards, everyone telling you how wonderful it is. Or, I don't know, you're kind of there for the creation of the art and yeah. not there for the appraisal of the art, if right. you know what I mean. So... But equally, as said, it kind of meant that, that maybe at the time you, you missed out on what a, a big thing it was or what a big experience it was, I guess. Yeah. But it'd be so, I mean, God, if social media was around then, yeah. can you imagine? Yeah. It would be so different, you know. 100%. I'd probably have, like, two million followers. Yeah. And I, I'd probably be ignoring them all. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Not retweeting anyone that didn't have a blue tick, you yeah, know. 100%. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm such a strange sort of person in a way in that I'm so unsuited to this Mm. business in a way. She just doesn't give a fuck, and I love it. Was that one when she won the best comedy performance? Was it the British Comedy Awards? Yeah. And she just went up on stage and told everyone in television to stop making television for themselves and to make it for the punters and then left again. And when she's on podcasts, I don't know if she still smokes, but she used to smoke quite a lot, and I'm a former smoker. So, again, there's that lovely ASMR quality when she's getting interviewed where you can hear the of the lighter and then, like, the the inhale and the exhale. And as a smoker, that's just, like, caramel in your ears. Do you miss smoking, I miss it so much. Is that not a trigger for you? Do you find that tough when you smoke? No, I love it now. It would have been at the start, but now I've been stopped long enough that I just love love it. And I just love... And she's so amazing on that podcast. She talks about such amazing stuff, like... The idea of her, like, not enjoying her career, um, even though she was being quite successful at the time, but she wasn't happy. And then the double hit of not being happy with you where you are in life mm-hmm. and then having that double hit of, I'm now double sad because I've on paper I should be really happy. So I feel really ungrateful for not feeling happy. And then how, and then how she just found something that she loves in theatre directing and she just does that now. And it's just, yeah, it's just amazing to listen to, really inspirational. She openly talks about things mm. anyway. Um, we've seen this from her shows and uh, many interviews that she's done. What are the dynamics when you have Scroobius P? 
Pip there. Scroobius Pip comes across like as an interviewer, like a mega fan of everyone that he's interviewing. And I don't, I hope he, I mean, I'm saying, I keep saying this like I think they're in the room. I hope he won't mind me saying this. I think the reason it works so well is because he is so cool. I don't know if I've mentioned how cool I think he is. When he knows about someone, do you know when someone that you think's not even like respect or anything like that, but someone just uh, on a, an animalistic level, you think that person's cool. Mm-hmm. And then they know loads of stuff about you. You're like, that's amazing that this person that looks like they could be in like the strokes <laughs> knows like the film that I was in in 2007. Like, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the people that he interviews are like, wow, this guy, you know, he's got a big beard and like dressed in black and like obviously like he's a spoken word poet, musician and owns his own record label. And he knows like, oh, you were in this play in 1996. And they're like, this guy's amazing. So he that's does what, his research. He really does. When we talk about the greatest podcasts of all time I think everything has to go back to in my opinion the best format ever Desert Island Discs yes I mean not that I've tried to rip it off here because this is clearly just about podcasts and called Castaway because of the link between those two hey it's a completely different thing and if you don't believe Laura ask her lawyers (laughs) so Desert Island Discs as a music fan uh, I always feel like you can judge people by their taste of music yeah. <laughs> Which was interesting when I first met you. Yeah, I've not got good taste in music. There's no such thing as good or bad. Yeah, but I see, I see, it's so funny because again, I'm not a huge, I mean, I don't like saying that I'm not a music fan you because can't that's mad. I know what I'm saying, and I wouldn't fan. say that because it's not true. Yeah. But if you offer me music or pretty much anything else, I would take that. But I just, I find it a really brilliant insight into like someone's psyche. I'm fascinated with what motivates people and makes them tick and even if they don't want to give much away the way you talk about music and the music that you like is always a really good insight into someone's being and I find that fascinating Desert Island Discs uh, was first broadcast in 1942 crazy during World War 2 and there's been many hosts throughout that time Roy Plumley, 43 years he did it for. He's done it. He's the he's old, he's the OG, as they say, the original gangster. Michael Parkinson for three years. Parky had a short stint. Sue Lawley, 18 years. Christy Young, 13 years. We're actually going to talk about an episode with Christy Young, but of course, Lauren Laverne is doing it at the moment. She's so great, She's right? brilliant. The I accent helps her. as well. The one that you are going to talk about now is Russell Brands. Yes. I've always liked Russell Brand, and whenever I've listened to things that he's in, he's got this sort of like manic sort of like menacing presence and like aura. And obviously that's changed a lot recently. Obviously people know he's sort of become quite spiritual. But that podcast was the first time where from the minute he started talking on that podcast, he sounded so at one with himself. And it was like, I was like, what's going on here? And he just spoke so eloquently, but was also really like funny. Mm-hmm. And Kirsty asked him about stuff. And again, you could tell in this... Russell Brand was clearly a huge fan of that show, so talked about stuff that he obviously wouldn't normally talk about in in other media. Let's say let more questionable mediums. It's also a safe environment because similar, I suppose. Now we're talking about podcasts, but when you're talking about music or something you care about. It's a safe space. I mean, when you do Desert Island Discs, it's not like doing an interview with a tabloid paper when they're trying to find out about your breakup with your pop star ex. Yeah, but then the problem, I suppose that's another thing that Kirsty Young was so great at, is creating that sort of safe space. Because in this day and age, there is no safe space. Mm. Undoubtedly, the newspapers did run an article the next day about Russell Brand and Katy Perry after that interview went out. Because he was open and honest with 
Kirsty and then someone's ob- someone would have ascertained that information and packaged it up in a way that benefited their sales and then done that. So yeah, it, it, he you could tell he felt like he was in a safe space and he talked about really interesting stuff and I really enjoyed it. The good thing about a podcast, um, rather than something that's kind of broadcast and then it's gone, um, it's not on demand, is you can kind of go back and find it. Yeah. So his whole interview is there in context. So when you do take the quote about Katy Perry or you yeah. do take whatever, you can go back and be like, actually, this is what I said. It's all there. Mm-hmm. Which hasn't always been to his benefit in the past. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the fact you can watch stuff back <laughs> that's been said on the radio isn't ideal for Russell Brand. But in this situation, it's brilliant. Um, speaking of some of the music that, that he, he chose, like, he did pick a lot of troubled geniuses like uh, Pete, I'm going to say Pete Doherty, but you say Doherty, don't you? Yeah, I don't know what one it is really. Um, he picked him from the Libertines. He picked, uh, obviously, good friend of his, Amy Winehouse, mm. uh, schizophrenic Texan troubadour, Daniel Johnson. He picked a lot of these people almost who remind me of him a little bit, like these yeah. creative geniuses who kind of have high energy. Mm-hmm. I sometimes listen to people that I love on the show and I go, ooh, I might listen to that song now. Yeah. Or, ooh, I might get back into the Libertines. Do you kind of pick up any songs? Because you, obviously you've got your own back catalogue of songs that you love and listen to all the time. Yeah, there's two songs on that Russell Brand thing that have really stood me in good stead. The... <gasps> Someone's at our front door. Oh, were they? Yeah. How, I'm, imagine that on a podcast. Someone's ringing our front door. We've got that ring thing. That's, we're the most millennial couple of all time. We're doing a podcast together and we've got our camera on our front door. Um, okay, so yeah. There's Big Red Hand. Anyway, that's the theme tune for Peaky Blinders. Yeah. And then Monkey in the Zoo, which is another song he was sung by the guy. Who oh, that's was, Nick, your, Nick Cave is the one. Nick, yeah, Nick Cave, yeah. Is, so the Nick Cave song that he picked. Yeah, that's, that's the, now the red, theme tune red Right Hand. Red Right Hand. Nick Cave, Red Right Hand. I knew that song. Yeah. And then it became the theme tune for Peaky Blinders. Russell also picked a mantra that I sometimes listen to as well. Very rarely now, but it's on my iPod. Well, and comes when on have sca- you listened to a mantra? It's on my iPod and it comes Do on you? shuffle, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you're not meant to tell people it doesn't work, apparently. Oh, I like that. I like I didn't know that. Maybe um, we've opened up again on a podcast. Yeah, see, I'm le- this is like you and your mom. I'm learning things I didn't know. Um, finally, I want to talk about Richard Herring, um, yes. Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast is on season 17, yeah. making it one of the UK's longest reigning podcasts. I would say, along with Buxton... I'd say Richard Herring's the he's your Joe Rogan or your Mark Marin of the UK. You've chosen episode ninety eight with uh, Ray Peacock. Yes, um, because it goes wrong, sort of. It's amazing. So for those that don't know, Richard Herring interviews a celebrity at Leicester Theatre, and there's some amazing ones. Famously, so it's live. There's a, there's an a audience. live audience, and mad things have happened. He used to do a section where he had eight year old children write some questions. And one of the eight-year-old questions was asked to Stephen Fry and he admitted to trying to commit suicide live in front of an audience, which is like was mad to listen to. And then Russell Brand was on the next again week and again was being really funny, saying, like, what am I going to have to admit to here to top Fry? Mm-hmm. So that was really fascinating to watch. And then there's loads that are really funny and people talk about really ups and stuff. But then in the Ray Peacock one, there was a drunk woman in the room heckling and Ray Peacock sort of... Like, tells her to be quiet, in no uncertain terms, sort of talks very openly about why people like that in the audience, or why he doesn't do stand-up as much as he maybe could. Because uh, for those that don't know, Ray Peacock's an amazing comedian, and does a podcast called The Parapod about paranormal activities and stuff, and used to do a podcast with my good friend Ed Gamble as well. They were, like, 
on podcasts years before anyone else. So it goes from like this really funny interview with two friends into a comedian dealing with a heckler, but where it's been recorded for a podcast. And then from that heckle, he sort of really talks about his issues with the industry that he's part of. And the whole thing's just amazing to listen to. They didn't have to leave it in, but they did. And that's what I love about podcasts. Like, it didn't go... If that was a TV show, there would have been a record pause, they would have got rid of the drunk lady and they'd carried on. Instead, they, they went with it and you had some of the best stuff in that bit. But I'm, in a, I'm, right? I'm, I'm sorry, we're we talking too loud for your conversation. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll be... I told you I was speaking too much already. You've got a bad voice. You should, shut, you should be quiet. <laughs> you should, you should, yeah, you rest that. Why is she being so aggressive? Just, you told me to stop talking earlier. Because there's a show on. <laughs> <laughs> How awful of me to say be quiet when there's people, there's like 200 people around you. Ah, fuck it, there's audio. 500 people! <laughs> Around you, who've all paid to get in as well, but all they can hear, the people around you, all they can hear is you talking. There's something I love about this particular episode because at times it's a bit awkward. Of course it is. It's rape. It's. I mean, Richard Herring when he interviewed Stephen Merchant. By the end, Stephen Merchant couldn't stand him. Like it was really awkward. He kept on asking him why extras was so bad. <laughs> like the whole way through. Another podcast I want to talk about is is one that's doing really well at the moment um, is Ellis James and John Robbins' podcast. Now, they, yeah. they started out... You want to talk about the XFM years? Again, this is me just trying to be hipster, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'd loved Ellis John and John Robbins. They're basically... They enjoy sort of football, ale, mm-hmm. and... They're, they're just two lads. And they're not really... They're very beta, actually. Um, John Robbins is also obsessed with Queen and shame. But they just basically are like two guys that I would like to go to the pub with and have a drink. And I think sometimes that's nice to have. The characters of John and Ellis on that radio show are like um, my dream drinking buddies. And in, for an hour a week, every week, I get to listen to my drinking buddies having like fun. I think they're really funny. Again, it's that links back to Adam Buxton thing I'm talking about, where they've clearly put a lot of thought and effort into it. Mm-hmm. They were obviously made up to get that radio show, Radio XFM, then Radio X, mm-hmm. now Five Live. And uh, they talk about mental health a lot. So John Robbins talks about his shame. I think they've created this like mad community. I play a lot of computer games. You were wondering how long it would take me to mention this on Twitch. And that's do what you want to give it? Do you want to talk about your, uh, your twitch.tv forward slash Ian Sterling? And that's about creating a community. You have a Discord. And people can go into this little Discord, like a chat room, and they've all become friends. And that's how you keep audience, because they've all all the mates get together to watch their friend that's me. And that's what John and Ellis is. They've just got all these mates. There was a, a recent one, actually. Um, Ed Gamble, right. your mate, was on with John and Ellis. And I don't think John meant to reveal... He didn't mean to reveal this. Right. But he was just talking about when he was moving house when he was 12. You heard this one? No. He was moving house when he was 12. And I think as he was saying it, he was thinking, why am I telling the story? But right. I'm in it now, so I'm going to continue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it really resonated with me because I did something similar, but maybe not as extreme. This but like, is exciting. No, he just like wrote a little note, you know, underneath like um, on a wall or underneath a table. Oh, right, yeah, Just yeah, to yeah. be like, you like, know. Underneath d- a bit of an old like, yeah. wallpaper or something. Because I remember I uh, studied at Dublin City University. If, if there's any first years in Larkfield Res, if you're, I can't remember what, what room what I was in. Because I wrote something underneath 
There's what like a bookshelf. My dad's got a phone. <laughs> my, dad's my dad's got a mobile phone. <laughs> this is his number. Um, I felt something. But anyway, John is telling the story. So he uh, had written, because it's a big thing moving when you're 12. Oh. It's, a, it's a big thing. And uh, then he went into each room of his house and cut his finger and left a bit of blood. That is the most John Robbins <laughs> thing you've ever seen. And a said. bit of saliva. Well, that's what we done. We sent it to our bloody company, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, we we done that. But, on but if anything day. ever happens in that house, they have his DNA. If, if anything happens in that house from like how many years ago, that's John Robbins. That's why I love the John and Ellis show because also they're two people so defined characters. If you t- you tell me that story, I immediately know that's a John Robbins story. Mm-hmm. And if you told me another story, I'd be able to know it was an Ellis story. And I just think they're both fantastic broadcasters. They also poke light at the whole when they were on like they were like digital commercial radio. They sort of made fun of the fact like the medium they're on which is the sort of thing we do on Love Island quite a lot so I like I sort of maybe took a lot of my Love Island thing from the way they were ahead of the curve and mm. that and I just really like it it's one of those podcasts where if you're feeling a bit blue you feel like you're mean a bit alone they're always there and I like them for that where do you tend to listen to podcasts the most on the move on the tube mm-hmm. the Wi-Fi between stations is such a lifesaver for me now because it means you can buffer up your podcast if you when you're travelling. You get really upset if you don't if you forget your earphones. I need to be something needs to be going into my head that isn't me when I'm on that, my own. That isn't the voices in your head. And can't have more. I need something that's not me going into me when I'm with just me. If you could listen, to, if you just had to listen to one podcast on mm-hmm. repeat, which one would it be? Of the five, Adam Boxer and Louis Ferru, I think. Just so you can sing along and harmonise with him. They just have such a... It's just two people that I look up to a lot having lots of fun. I like that. Like us. Yeah. Ian Sterling, thank you very much for joining. But if you haven't listened to your podcast, how many episodes do you have? Six episodes, Ed Gamble's on it. Yeah. Who's a very good podcaster. Susie Ruffell, Mm -hmm. my mother. Spencer Owen, who's a FIFA YouTuber. I must mention, but when I listen to you and Susie Ruffell, I... I think I said to you afterwards, I was like, it's really good. You just are, you're talking very fast. Mm. And I realised that I had a Oh, yeah, you don't want to have speed. I can't do it anymore. Oh, I thought you were going to do the last note. I was going to harmonise with you. Oh, boogie. Boogie, woogie. that's just how we should end it I think that's exactly how we should end it and that's it another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world I hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks yeah I just said that sorry all of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode show notes now if you love this conversation as much as I did please share your thoughts by leaving a review and if you'd like to receive weekly installments of cast away delivered straight to your phone hit the subscribe button until next time that's it from me take care Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. 